I'm going to share a little bit more about the, the vision for our church life as far as the small groups and the spiritual direction we're going in towards the end of the service. But we're going to be going into a time of, of exploration. Before I left on my sabbatical in the summer, I, I asked you to begin praying and ask God to show you what part you play in the body of Christ. That is something that can sort of be discerned from the outside. I can look at you and say, you have these gifts, you have these talents, this might be your part. But really, this is spiritually discerned. Every Christian has, before God, asked God, what part of the body am I? You know, we're not, we're not a spectator sport. You know, churches, even though we do spectate in church a good deal, <laughs> we're very good at that, it's not meant to be that way. It's meant to be a body working together in, in coordination underneath the vision of the Lord and according to his word. And, uh, and that's what it's supposed to be. And so a way, the, these tables that are set up around the sanctuary show you just a, a little bit of the organized pieces of this body of Christ as you are imagining what God might be calling you to. This is meant to stimulate you into understanding what, what's here already. And I want to let you know as your pastor, and then Greg would say also as, as the elder, um, we, we want to hear from you. If you have a calling or you have a, a vision for, for a ministry or a gift that you have, <clears throat> and, you, and you say, We're not, we don't have that here, but I feel very called to this. Now, the leadership wants to hear from you. This is a give and take, and it's an organic body of Christ, and Jesus knows what our community needs and what our church needs. And he stacks everything together as he sees fit. Maybe something in your imagination, an idea that you have for ministry that God's put in your heart or a calling, is something that God wants to see happen in Saratoga, and we can be a part of bringing it forward. So this is meant to, to all of the leaders are, in a few minutes are going to go behind these tables, and you can walk around and, and ask questions, and you can even sign up. The signups are not, you know, signing in blood with your fingerprint, where you're committed forever and you can never not do this ministry again. This is to get information. It's not signing your life away. I repeat, it's not signing your life away. It's to get information as you explore and discern your place in the body of Christ. So that's all it is. The leaders of these ministries will, will, will get in touch with you, answer any questions you might have, and let you know how to integrate into them. So, some of these ministries as well are ministries that have fallen by the wayside because of what happened with, uh, with COVID and, and shutdown and all that stuff. But now I, I think it's time to bring them back. And some of them have had leadership that has, uh, has since departed the church, but they're still very important parts of our ministry. For instance, you know, Corey, Pastor Corey, when he was here, was in charge of our local and global outreach missions. And there was a committee and all these different things. Right now, there are people that do that ministry, but there, there isn't necessarily someone who says, I'm the leader of this ministry. And so these are some things where there's some opportunities for your calling, your talents, your gifts, whatever God's calling you to, to, to plug in, to get more information, and to find your place in the body of Christ. It's all about solidifying your membership in the body of Christ. I want to share a more vision side of that piece, though. A vision that I've had for some time, along with... Uh, with Jen Beach, our Director of Family Ministries, and, uh, and I've talked with our elders about this idea. Uh, God has blessed our church with incredible young people, incredible young people. And uh, they, they go on mission trips. They serve the Lord with enthusiasm. They, they love to get together and study the Word. They love to ask tough questions that even adults can't answer very well um, and, and to discover answers together from the Word of God. With their, with their leaders and amongst themselves. We have amazing young people in this church. You've seen them on, on the worship team. There have been Sundays where we have, you know, three young people and one adult, you know, these kind of things. They're just talented, wonderfully gifted uh, people with a lot of different callings. 
uh, who, are, who are organized and ready to go. And my vision and Jen's vision is that our young people would have a place to serve in the body of Christ as well. Because it shouldn't be that you come to church and you just see a bunch of about the same age adults doing ministry. There sh- everyone should have a place because no one has a junior Holy Spirit. Every child, teen, uh, has the Holy Spirit of God if they follow Jesus. And he has a calling on their life and a ministry vision for their life. And he has a desire for them to discern what their place is in the body of Christ. This is not for after they graduate college and have three kids and then come back to church. It's for plugging into the body of Christ now as full-fledged ministry partners, which will continue uh, through the rest of life. They say that uh, the statistics of, of, of people leaving their faith in college are pretty, pretty bad. Um, pe- people do walk away from their faith in college. And even, even kids that have been brought to church every Sunday for their whole childhood, they, they sometimes leave the faith later in life as they receive these challenges and things. The, the amount of um, people that, that take up their, the mantle of their faith is directly proportionate to families that engage more than just on a Sunday morning with their kids, read through the Bible together, pray with them. And, and I believe a church that's calling and inviting kids and teens to be full ministry partners is another piece of that. Uh, when, I, when I was in college, I, I came to Christ when I was 18, almost 19, and I had not read the Bible yet. I would read parts of the Bible, but not through the whole thing. I had not read the book of Philippians uh, cover to cover, but when I was in college, because I because I'd become a Christian, I, I, there was no Christian fellowship. I started a Christian fellowship in my college at Full Montgomery Community College, and I led a Bible study through the book of Philippians, reading it myself for the first time. Um, it's such an exciting time when you're that age and, and, you can, and you're engaged with your faith uh, to see how God can use you. And we want our young people to feel engaged now and to know that they are gifted and they're called and they're, they're useful to God and to us. And uh, I, So this is the thing. With all these different ministries— Wherever appropriate, because obviously there's men's and women's ministries which are more adult-oriented, but wherever appropriate, I want you kids to be, feel free to sign up and get information about any ministry here. I, my vision would be to see not just the worship team have young people along, along with older folks working together, but the greeters, ushers and greeters. This is a ministry of hospitality in the church uh, where we pr- help our guests find their place in the church. I'd love there to be an adult paired with a, with a kid doing that ministry, or a young person. I'd love for, uh, for, for teens and, and, and children to join us in our intercessory prayer ministry as we pray for the needs of the church together. I'd love to see all of these things. I'd love to see this integration uh, with young folks. And so uh, instead of having a, an annual youth ministry Sunday where the youth do the worship and the youth do the offering and the youth do the sermon and all that kind of thing, that every Sunday is just the whole body expressing itself in faith. Amen? I want, to hear sto- I want to hear stories from, from kids who are, who are experiencing their faith, their struggles, what they're going through, and be able to encircle them and pray for them and, uh, and bless them. And, and uh, they, they, I think this kind of discipleship, meaning like training, uh, you know, with, with an adult and a couple kids, training for all these different ministries is going to go a very long way um, in blessing the larger body of Christ. So, as, so kids, as you're walking around, you know, take a look at the ministries of the church and ask God, you know, God, I know that I have the Holy Spirit. 
guide me. Guide me into the ministry you're calling me to. Guide me into exploration of ministry because I know that I'm a full ministry partner with, with the adults. So that's one piece of it. Um, this, that, that kind of segues into another ministry which has fallen by the wayside, but which I think that God wants us to take out and dust off and put on display. And that is the ministry of bearing testimony to what God has done. We used to call them faith stories here. We, I actually, with, with the leadership team, preached a sermon about sharing testimonies uh, in church, and like the week after was the COVID lockdown. So that didn't go so well, because I didn't even know how to use Zoom back then or whatever. And so I, I'm like, next week we're going to start faith stories. And then the next week came, and there was no next week. We were, it was me online uh, with my guitar. But the time has come for us to do this. It says in the Word that they will overcome by the blood of the Lamb, salvation through Jesus, and the word of their testimony, sharing about what Jesus has done in their lives. Yeah. Clapping for me? Yeah. Clapping for faith stories. Yes. So I want, I want us to bear witness to what Jesus is doing in our lives. It's not sufficient for me to share about my relationship with God or some leader up here to do it. We need to hear from the body. Uh, so, so we're going to have times in our services where we open it up for adults, children, teens to share what God's doing in their life, to share a prayer concern, uh, to receive prayer, to be prayed for. Uh, and that's something that I would like to, we're going to be launching again, faith stories. That also ties into the, to the, the prayer table. This is a ministry that Julie Chandler felt called to start and prayed about quite a bit uh, before I went on my sabbatical. And when I got back, it was magically happening because she made it happen. And this is a place where you can write down a prayer request and leave it on the board there on this display and people pick them up and pray for them. And then there's also a place for you to write down answers, answers to prayer, to put them there uh, so that people can see how God answered that prayer. We have some examples here. Well, first someone wrote, thank you for the tech and sound guys who keep things up and running every week. Chaz, Derek, Rob, Steve, Jim. So that's like just a praise that someone put on there. And I agree with that tremendously. But there's also, I'll keep it anonymous just because I don't really know if it's public, but... The surgery went very well. He is healing wonderfully and already able to go home. Praise Jesus. God is good. This is something that people ask for prayer for. And so we're, we're bearing witness to God, the reality of God in our, in our midst, in our lives, you know, every day of the week. And Sunday morning, it's just not enough to hear from just certain people. We need to hear from the body and hear the perspectives that are offered in the body. Um, good, a good faith story is you might have heard that Melissa had surgery and, and they removed the tumors and she's here today. Yeah. She called, she called it an eviction notice. So she had a countdown on Facebook for the eviction of these tumors, and the doctors were able to, to get them, and she's here with us today. Praise God. But don't tackle her. Don't, like, jump on her or hang on her or whatever. Just give her some space. But praise the Lord. These are the things we need to hear about. Prayer answers to prayer. It builds our faith. Hearing about what someone is doing is so inspiring. Like, you can read the Word and be inspired, but to see how the Word is transforming a person is of the utmost inspiring. Hearing how someone walked through a very difficult thing or is walking through it. And to, you know, in that passage I started worship with, when one member of the body is hurting, all the members suffer with it. You know, we, we suffer together, we celebrate together, we bear, bear witness together of our faith, even in darkest times, and the triumphs when they come in Christ. So faith stories. You know, the prayer wall ties into those faith stories. 
we, years ago, we used to have special services, which, uh, which we, we use as a celebration of our freedom in Christ. We called them Jubilee services, based on the idea of the setting of, uh, in, in the Old Testament, when God instructed his people to release the captives every seven years, cancel debts, forgive debts, let the land lie so they can be fertile again. These, these Jubilee services were our time of celebration where we celebrate the freedom we have in Christ and we participate in a more hands-on worship experience. We, we, in the past, we've had uh, places where people can write down sins and things in their life they need to walk away from that God's calling them to repent of, and they could burn them in a little, in a little um, pot and see the, see the smoke go up and just remember that I've given this over to the Lord. I've said this is the end of it. We've had uh, places of healing prayer during those times where people that are sick can come and receive prayer for healing. And when we had Jubilee service years ago, talk about testimony, we had surgeries avoided. You know, we had someone that had a, um, a, a disc in their back that was bulging, and then when they went to, to do the pre-op stuff, it was healed. So prayer for healing uh, and, and more hands-on expressions of worship and, and musical worship and singing and just kind of a freer service of worship together that we do every once in a while. So the plan is to bring back uh, having these, these services occasionally, maybe a couple times a year. And the first one we're planning for, we, we always do a fast as a congregation the first three weeks of, of January, but we're going to end our fast with a Jubilee service this year, Lord willing. So I think it's going to be a great opportunity for the body of Christ to, once again, interact with their faith in a way that makes a difference in their lives and to share their faith with others. Uh, so these are some of the things we're hoping we're, we'll be bringing back. As I said, greeters, the people to, to man the welcome table, different things like that. We're just bringing those things back, and there are tables to sign up around here. Use your imagination. You know, think about something that you might be called to do that we're not doing. There have been times in the past where one of our members, they weren't able to do this, but they had this idea uh, that what if we had a ministry of people that visited with folks in the nursing home and played games with them and spent time with them, people that often don't have many visitors or connections with other people? What a cool idea. Someone could do that, you know? Um, someone could bring, rally to bring other people to do that together. So, so all this being said, the vision is to integrate children and teens wherever possible because we are blessed to have them and we're blessed to have the gifts that they have. We need to have them in ministry uh, with us. Uh, in, in every part of the church. We're going to be bringing back our faith stories and testimony time. We're going to have Jubilee. Uh, we're going to have that fast in the first three weeks of the year. Uh, these are all things that are they're very exciting. And then the, the, the things I want you to do now uh, as, as we kind of break up for a moment to, to look around is to walk around to all these different tables. A leader will be, be behind each table, and you can ask them questions. If they, if they don't know the answer, then um, you can, we, they know who to ask. So uh, I'm going to invite our, the leaders who have agreed to stand behind these tables to, to man those tables or woman those tables where appropriate. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, and I'm going to invite you just to mill around. And again, you can sign up uh, for more information. And then at the end, uh, I'm going to share a little bit about where we're going uh, with our small groups and with the larger spiritual vision of the church. So let's join me in prayer. Father, thank you for these, for these ministries of this church and for the many more that you will bring about or the many things you desire to do. I just pray that you give us eyes to see where we belong in the body uh, and that we would, you'd stimulate our imagination to find the place that you're calling us to in this church. In Jesus' name, amen. So kids, you can walk around, sign up. Teens, 
uh, adults, feel free. We're going to come back together in five to ten minutes. This is your story. This is your so story. So for some insight into where story. we are going with this small groups and the larger vision of the church, I have this video to share with you. This is your story. This is your story. This is your story. This is my story. This is my story. This is my story. But most of all, this is the greatest story ever told. This is God's story. This is God's story. This is God's story. I know you're going to enjoy the incredible journey you're about to embark on. The story is brimming over with tales of mystery, intrigue, adventure, of love, heartbreak, and triumph, of power, of struggle, and finally, of redemption. But remember, the Bible is not a hundred ancient, unrelated paintings, but a mural all knitted together to tell the story of God's great love for us and the extent to which He will go to get us back. I know you're really going to enjoy and appreciate this wonderful experience as you fully explore how we all fit into the greatest story ever told, God's story. This is God's story. This is God's story. This is God's story. First Timothy 6, 17. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. That they might take hold of the life that is truly life. Myself and, and Greg, our other pastoral elder, um, want you to experience this true life that First Timothy talks about. A life like that passage describes. A life that is called truly life. And we believe every single one of us as a church can experience this from the young to the old. We know that to experience the true life, it ha you have to have a relationship with the living God who has made himself available to us um, through the cross, through coming in Christ. James 1.22 says, Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. In this insightful passage from James, Jesus' brother, we find one of our deepest core values as a church, and that has to do with God's Word. The core value is knowing and obeying God's Word is fundamental to all true success. Being in the Word and understanding the Word and putting the Word into practice, when you put yourself into that place, you put yourself in the very best position to experience life, real life, life to the full. Listening, reading, understanding, doing, doing the Scriptures. So as your leaders... 
we are committed to coming alongside you to help you live this life with God that the Bible talks about, that you may take hold of the life that is truly life, as it says in 1 Timothy. Who wants to take hold of the life that's really life? Who wants to look beyond the smoke and the mirrors and to, to see the big story of what God's doing? That's what this study is all about in these books. These, these, these books at the table, I know it's confusing because we didn't talk about it yet when you were milling about, but this is the, the entire story of the Bible using the words of the Bible and knitted together with some, some chronologically with some connecting material between. What that means is you get to see the whole plan of redemption and how these stories are not unrelated to one another, but they are all telling the story that, of God, God's work in history, of which we are a part. Because this is not just a story, this is history. This is God's story that he's been telling through the word, through the generations of the church, and now to us today. So we have, that's what this resource is. And we believe that knowing, understanding, and obeying the word of God is how you are a successful Christian. We also believe this is one of our main jobs as a church, to, to, to be ministers of the word of God. So this church, any church is only blessed to the extent that they are in the Bible and encouraging and inspiring one another to live out what God's calling us to in it. That's the extent to which a church is blessed. Sadly, many churches don't use the Bible very much anymore, which is kind of like having a restaurant that doesn't serve food. It's like you're there to serve food. Um, There has to be bread in the house of bread. There has to be the word in the house of of God. The best season of of our churches uh, in recent days that I enjoyed the most was when we went through the Bible over a two-year period with Pastor Soper doing Mission 119. We each read the same passages every day. We were on the same schedule. I preached on, on those passages, and we had conversations among us like we've never had before uh, about what we read that week. And we grew to understand uh, the Word of God in a way that was really um, compelling. And just the, the stories, the faith, the insight, and the life change that happened because of being in the Word was, was tremendous. And I believe that being in the Word for us is our main vocation. It's what we should be teaching, preaching, and doing. Um, but, so this resource is meant to, to give access to the Word of God. No verse numbers, no chapter numbers per se, but, but uh, all of, the, all of the, the story of God in one place. But I want to tell you from the beginning that, you know, the Bible is not hundreds of unrelated stories, as was said in that video. But it is, in fact, one big story the story of God, the story of God in history. Um, the, the amazing thing about this resource is that you see the big picture of what God has done, and you see, you see different things playing themselves out in the history of God's people, and then what God does through that. So it takes those two pieces and puts them together and reminds us that there is a, there is a God's view of the world where he knows what's going on. He knows the end from the beginning. He understands what's happening. And then there's our view, where we see a, ra- a bunch of stuff happening. We don't know how it's going to fit into God's big plan. But there's always God through every part of our life and everything we go through, good and bad, working things together for our good because we love him and are called according to his purpose. He is telling a larger story, even when it confuses us on this level down here. And the Bible gives us a lens to realize that, you know, Jacob and Esau, you know, br- Sibling rivalry, deception, uh, grace, receiving forgiveness. This is a, a low story in the Bible from history, and God is telling a big story about his grace, forgiveness, and love and restoration through that story. And that's what we see as we go through this resource. How many people here are guilty of starting a novel and then 
they are kind of bored by it, so they read the end. I knew, I knew, I was thinking, I was thinking it would be Jesse that he did that. He's a big reader. If you do that with the Bible, it's been pointed out, I can't take credit for this, but it's been pointed out uh, that when you read the beginning and skip to the end, you find an interesting connection. If you skip to the end of the, end of the Bible, or if you, if you start in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis, it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And then you skip to Revelation 21 and 22, the last books in our New Testament, and you read, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And then in Revelation 22, it talks about the garden, about this idea, idea of God restoring humanity to his original intention. And in that garden, there is no sun, for, the, for God is, Jesus is the light. And people are living in this uh, paradise where sin has not entered the world, or sin is done away with by Jesus. So from, from, if you're going to do the cheating thing and read the beginning and the end, God created the heavens and the earth, then once again, God recreating and doing a recreation of heaven and earth in the Bible. This is a big story. It's lots and lots of, of, of books combined together into this Bible and many authors, but they're all telling the same story about Jesus, about his redemption, what he wants to do. And when we see that story, we can locate ourselves in it and see that this is our story. This is the story of Christians today as well. So between the beginning and the end, the goal of this is to figure out what happened in between. What happened in between the garden, the very well-known story of humankind's sin in the garden, and the time when God will make all things new. We're going to learn that as we discover this seamless story the Bible is telling. And that is what we're hoping to unfold to you. It's a 32-week study. It might take us the better part of the year to complete, depending on what Sundays we have to take off from this. But we're going to be going through 32 weeks where we can begin to answer the question, what is God doing? What is God doing in the world? What is his goal? Where have we come from? Where are we going? And when you see that, it's a powerful, powerful thing. This summer, I, I've, I've commented to some of you that, you know, as I was on sabbatical, the thing that was most impactful to me was having time alone with God reading the Bible. It just was impactful. And I, I the, the Bible is like, it's a, it's a very special book. And when you get into the Bible, for those who have taken the plunge into the Bible and you immerse yourself in it, you begin to see things happen in your life and see things differently than ever before. It changes you. And the most powerful part of my summer was simply reading through large amounts of the Bible, not to prepare for sermons, not to come up here today and tell you, I did it, I read through the Bible this summer, but just for my own good. Because now, now I'm the pastor, so apparently I wasn't doing that enough before. So great, I'm a great example. But all of us need to be in, in the Word because knowing and understanding the big story and the, and the truth of God and putting it into practice is what determines whether your life is going to be a success, whether your life is going to be um, not as successful. <laughs> Try not to be too negative. The story uh, version of the, of the Bible is, is the NIV version, and it is meant to be an experience that is formatted for the entire family and the entire church. So from young people all the way up to some of our seniors, our self-described seniors, who want just who only want a free lunch once a month. I mean, come on, it's not asking much. This is formatted in such a way, and you'll see if you look, that the, there's an adult version, 
There's a student version, which is very similar to the adult version. There's a children's version. And then there's even board books for young people. And all the chapters are the same, 30, 31, 32 chapters that tell the big themes of the Bible all the way through. So this is an experience we're going to participate in as a church from old, from young to very old, um, from very young to very old. It's meant to maximize um, what you get out of it. It's created to maximize your, your uh, comprehension of the Scripture. So here's the different ways I want to see this played out. Uh, first of all, I'm asking you to commit to reading this book personally over the next year. The first question people ask is, how much is that? How much reading is that? And the answer is about 12 pages, two pages a day. I'm asking you to, to, to get the copy of the book and the study guide and to read one chapter each week. And the sermons that I preach on Sunday will be based on the readings from the previous week. So much, with, much as with Mission 119, we'll be, we'll be developing uh, teachings based on the, the, the story of God that's being told and, put in, um, connecting the dots together. So the sermons based on the story, they're going to begin on October 17th as an introduction. And so if you're, going to, if you're going to commit to doing this with me, pick up a book this week or next week and then have it read, the first chapter read by October 17th. On October 17th, we're going to have the whole body together minus the, the little teeny tiny kids. And we're going to set out on this journey where every member of the family of God can move towards knowing God and his ways, and to walk with Jesus. So we're asking you, number one, just to commit to reading this with us. Um, either having it read to you, some you can get it on Audible, you can listen to the audiobook, or I'll come to your house if you want me to come over and read to you. Um, so we're asking you to read the story. The second thing, for those of you whose household, who, 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 who live with a family, with a, with a a family unit. Um, the second commitment is to read the story out loud with your family if you can. And this is something that amazingly, a couple of the families came through and, and they commented, this is what we want to do. We want to read this with our kids. That's, that's such a good thing to have a natural bent towards that. Um, read, read the book together with your kids if you can, in your family, in your family unit, whatever that household looks like, or your roommates, whoever it might be. Even if they don't know Jesus, you can drive them crazy and demand that they read the story with you. Um, and ha just have a, have a simple discussion with your family, with your household, whatever works best for you. Um, as, as was said before, you know, it's not enough just to bring your kids to church every week and think, oh, they're religiously educated. You know, the, fam the, the, the families who, whose kids go to college and they know what to do and know how to interact, it's because it's been modeled for them in their home. They're taking it in their home and they're uh, and they're taking it in, and the ministry of the church being seen as equal partners and working in the church. So you don't have to have all the answers when you read this to your kids. Some people are intimidated by this idea. You don't have to all have all the answers. And that's, but that's not a reason to avoid reading it together. Because you can, you can discover answers together, and you can learn to trust God with things that you don't fully understand, or talk to somebody else who might have the answers. People, you know, when, pe when people leave the house, you know, some of, the, some of the most simple challenges to the faith can knock a young, a young idealistic believer off their feet and away from God. And uh, if, they've, 
thought through questions and they've read through this stuff and, and engaged with it in their, in their family and with their church, they're just set up for so much more success. So we're asking you to read it with your family. Our small groups are going to be going through this book. There is a study guide along with the book. And so next week we're going to have small groups, much like this, where you can sign up to be part of a small group. And your small group will discuss the story together. There's a 15-minute video that's really excellent from Randy Frizee, who's the guy that you saw on the screen. And he shares, like, deep stuff from the Bible that helps you understand it. Every week in small group, you do the readings, and there's discussion with the study guides. So we're asking you to do it in the, in the small group uh, context. And for some of you, this is a, a personal discernment thing. Your groups might be groups that you want to involve teens and younger people in. You might want to integrate children into your group. You might want to integrate teens in your group because there's a version for every age group and there's no reason why, there's no reason why some groups shouldn't have children and teens in them because they are full-fledged followers of Jesus with the Holy Spirit. And so bring them in. Bring them in. Because what's a kid going to do when, when, uh, when they've been in small groups their whole life and been taken seriously by the adults their whole life and they get to college, hey, i got to find a small group. You know, this is just what we do. We, we fellowship together. We worship together. Um, as I said, I came to Christ later, later in life as a teen, but I grew up in a church, and one of my favorite things was sitting on Jean Wilson's lap, and she let me choose hymns to sing from that, at the Bible study at their house. She, she went to be with the Lord a couple years ago, uh, but I, I'll always remember just this simple thing of, Nathan, why don't you choose a, choose a hymn? And I'd flip through the book and find the funniest sounding one I could find. And, you know, I was just a little kid. I was like seven or eight probably younger because I was sitting on her lap. Probably younger than that. So how cool is that? Some of the groups, should, you should include kids in your group, and some of you can just be adults, and that's fine. That's a discernment thing. So we're going to be doing this in small groups. We're going to be doing the same readings as we're doing in the larger church. So everything from small group is going to tie into the weekend service. will tie into your, what your family is doing. In addition, uh, Jen will be is, is launching this in the Sunday schools as well. So even our little kids in their Sunday school rooms are going to be going through this stuff. We're all going to be doing it in sync together and having conversations like we've never had before among all the generations. So next week we'll have our small group sign-ups, but be, be thinking about joining a group, leading a group, um, and, and if you will include kids and teens in that. Every week we'll be teaching and preaching from the story, and so uh, we're going to cover a lot of the material, but you're going to get so much more out of this resource if you do your, your 12 pages of reading, do it in a small group, and then do it in the service. Um, I think that seeing it three times in a week, you will have a minor in Bible by the time you're done, you know? You really will. I mean, this is an education. This is like, this is not, not, not uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say the word kid stuff. That's messed up. This is not, this is not something that, um, this is kid stuff and adult stuff. That's what I'm going to say. Through all of this, we're going to be seeking to align our lives with God, who he is, and with the story he's, he's, he's uh, bringing to a conclusion with in, in human history. You know, our church is part of this, and God is building our church from living stones, each one of us, into a house for him to dwell. And uh, from the beginning to the end, we live in the middle, and we're called to be the church of Jesus Christ. So, we're choosing to align ourselves with God's story as we, as we do this. Joshua said famously in Joshua 24, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and the Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, 
whether the gods of your ancestors that they served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. This is about making a decision to grow, an intentional decision to grow with your church family uh, together and to grow your, your children and anyone in your household in their faith. And I think if we all engage with this, we all decide to do this, whether, you, whether you're coming to a service on weekends or you're choosing to do the reading or you're, cho- or you're in a small group, you, you get to choose the level to which um, this is going to impact you. It's directly the, the Word of God coming at you uh, from, through this resource. So I just invite you to take this, take this seriously. It's going to be the better part of a year. We're going to be preaching through the whole Bible. We're going to get this, this um, God's eye view that's going to show us how even the most hopeless and messed up situations that can happen, that God's doing something through them despite the people in the story, you're going to see a lot of hope. You're going to realize that you are part of a noble tradition of people that are messed up and, um, and who struggle with God and with faith. And you're going to find your place uh, in the story. You're going to find your place in what God is doing. Father, you are holy, and you are righteous, and you are beautiful. And we don't see it right now the way it actually is in our mind's eye. But we know that every person that encountered you from the scripture fell face down in your presence because they were overwhelmed your presence with such a powerful force with your people and has always been. And I pray to God that we would behold you more for who you really are in the coming days. That we would come to a place where our worship is very much in awe of you, where we are overwhelmed by your greatness and your glory and the work of your hands and what you are doing. And I pray that our church would, would glorify Christ, that when you look down to this garden, you would see you would see the choice figs that your heart desires, Lord. You'd see the early figs. You'd see that fruit that's growing in this garden, Lord. You would be glorified. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. We commit ourselves to you.